You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, we're going to talk about QAnon's deep racism. They can't hide it even when they think they're advocating for minority groups. Enrique Tarrio, leader of the Proud Boys, and his long history of arrests, ending in his most recent sentence being handed down. 22 years. Oh boy. He is not happy about this one. Oklahoma Superintendent Ryan Walters claiming there's a drag queen in a school administration position somewhere in his district, and he's going to find him. This dude is psychotic. You also take voicemails if you want to leave a voicemail. The number is 1-800-701-8573. Did you, you guys heard of Vivek Ramaswamy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he worships a Hindu god, and at the top of this nation, just like Obama was a closet homosexual, we don't want a Hindu god worshiper running our nation, bottom line. Oh, boy, this is getting wild. If you don't know this dude, this guy on screen in the white shirt here, this is Shane Vaughn. He's a Trump pastor. He believes Trump is the Messiah, and Trump needs a second term in office to spark Armageddon. That's basically the the bot, the gist of the belief. And he's being interviewed by a guy named Walter Masterson. That's his YouTube channel is called Walter Masterson. It's got 129,000 subbies. That's pretty good. Just another shout out to a YouTube channel I discovered recently growing up in Scientology. Fantastic YouTube channel. He's been very valuable in helping me kind of piece together information for different stories. So just shouting out a couple of uh, interesting YouTubers. Anyways, uh, Shane Vaughn here was interviewed by Walter Masterson, a troll interviewer. Dude basically goes to Trump events and does troll interviews. It's actually really fascinating. So early September 2023, he finds Shane Vaughn, of all people, at a Trump rally and interviews him. And it got wild, obviously, as you could hear from the stuff about Obama. Oh my God, dude. All right, check this out. Early September, 2023. He's a Hindu. Okay, so I thought we liked Vivek. I don't. Oh, okay. No, I don't. No, because Shane Vaughn is a member of the Trump cult. He believes Trump is the Messiah. Okay, I'm sorry. No, he don't like Israel. He just went to- He doesn't like Israel? I haven't heard anything about Vivek Ramaswamy not liking Israel. And why does Shane Vaughn like Israel? This is- Part of a bizarre, I, I can't call it like a, a fringe Christian belief because it's not really fringe. It's very much mainstream, but people take it to the extreme a lot of the time, like the extreme evangelical nutcase Christians can't let go of this. It's this idea that Israel is an integral part of the end times. So Armageddon can't come about unless Israel exists. That's basically the premise. So the idea is we must support Israel at any cost, no matter what, because it must exist if we want to go to heaven or whatever other thing. And if you express anything other than absolute undying support for Israel, then you're unelectable in the Republican Party. That's the idea here. I haven't heard Vivek Ramaswamy, I'm sorry, his name's pronounced Vivek, I keep forgetting. I haven't heard a word about Vivek Ramaswamy not liking Israel. Is that true? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, he don't like Israel. He just went to Wikipedia, and there may be criminal charges against him. He paid to have things removed the day before he announced his presidency. 
Okay, I don't know that that's true. I don't like Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he's a, what's the word I'm looking for? A smooth-talking politician, basically. And yeah, it doesn't get much deeper than that. I don't think the dude is anything beyond a smooth-talking politician. He's not above flat-out, bald-faced lying to people, just lying straight to your face if he's in a tough situation. So I'm not a fan of Vivek Ramaswamy either, but, I, I you know, I want to make sure that we're getting accurate information. I haven't heard anything about this Wikipedia thing. What? And we already heard Shane Vaughn just make stuff up all willy-nilly. Obama is a closet homosexual or whatever. One of the main things he had removed was his Hindu faith. But number two... As if we didn't know that he's Hindu. He came out with that. He said, I'm Hindu from the start. What? Number two, that he was best friends with the creator of the mRNA vaccine and called that man his mentor. All okay, I, I don't know if that's true. Like, it wasn't a guy that created the mRNA technology that's used to, to produce vaccines based on mRNA um, stuff. It's not one guy. It was like a team of people. and It's been researched over years and years and years. So I don't, I don't even know if that's true. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy was in the pharmaceutical industry, from my knowledge, maybe he still is, and he hyped up this medicine that he was working on, That or no, I'm sorry, I, I, I miss, uh, misspoke. Not that he was working on, but he was hyping up a medicine that a company was working on that he owned. So he's just like the businessman that has all the capital in the equation, right? Well, he knew it was going to fail, from my understanding. It was an Alzheimer's drug, and he sold his stock. Again, I, I take this with a grain of salt. I'm going to fact-check this afterward. I believe he, he sold his stock right before it crashed, right before they announced that it wasn't successful. So it was like a rug pull, a big pharmaceutical industry rug pull that he did, basically. No different than, like, crypto rug pulls, effectively. Uh, that's how Vivek became worth $600 million, from my understanding that he was best friends with the creator of the mRNA vaccine. And that wouldn't surprise me if he knew people affiliated with that, be, you know, with the mRNA vaccines that are produced because he was in the pharmaceutical industry. But I, again, I don't trust a word out of this guy's mouth, like not one. And called that man his mentor. All that's now gone. Because he's, well, he, he made his money in pharma and big pharma. True, M mRNA. Why would you go scrub that from your Wikipedia? He I don't even know that he did. Is our Obama slick, smooth, the best talker up there? But once once it's all over with, you'll see that he's not a true conservative. There's a lot about him that needs to come out. There's only one man in this race. Okay, he's not a true conservative. I mean, I don't know what else he needs to tell you to convince you that he's a conservative. Like he's conservative. What are you talking about? There's only one man in this race, according to Shane Vaughn, because he's the Messiah. He needs to win. That's part of his theology if he doesn't win his whole world comes crashing down anyways i got an email about it from somebody i didn't want to show the rest of their email because i didn't want to show their name or whatever i want to keep it a little bit more private but thank you for sending me the, the email and drawing my attention to walter masterson's youtube channel it's kind of interesting this interview is fascinating and thank you for giving me a timestamp on that too that was really really interesting by the way, if you want to call in, voicemail number is 1-800-701-8573. If you keep your voicemail between 30 and 60 seconds, I'm almost guaranteed to hear it. So send me a voicemail. Hey, Wayne, this is Angel from Saskatchewan, Canada, calling in. You forgot to upload episode 272 on Google Podcasts, and I think of the podcast streaming app. 
services. That's all I wanted to tell you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I appreciate the um, the message on that. Uh, I basically saying I forgot to upload one of my podcasts. I don't think so. Um, I, there was some weird thing where like I did two podcasts in a week and then I uploaded them individually. And somehow, somewhere along the line, a number got skipped. I don't know where or how, but I, all of the podcasts, to my knowledge, are up there right now. I try to keep on top of that. I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. I uh, have a lot of trouble like keeping it all straight and, and cleaned up and making sure like all the podcasts are available. So anyway. Hello, my name is Alex. I'm from Arizona. And honestly, man, I just need some help. I, uh, well, let, let's just start off by saying my, my girlfriend is in another state right now, going to university. And this guy approached her and he said, come with me to my church. Like, w w would you want to come with me to a church? And of course, I asked her what the name of the church was, and she said, oh, it was called the Jesus Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, super common for Mormons and Scientologists and Grand Unification Church, a.k.a. Moonies, and a, a whole bunch of other cults to recruit on college campuses. That is like the, their breeding ground there. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've already told her, stay the hell away from this kid. Yes, run. Say that you're an apostate. I just don't know what else to do. Yeah, well, Mormons aren't afraid of the word apostate the way that Jehovah's Witnesses are. Jehovah's Witnesses are horrified by that word or that, you know, by anybody who claims to be one. They believe that they're possessed by Satan and they're mentally diseased and everything, quote unquote. But Mormons are a little bit different. To get a Mormon to go away, I guess you'd have to just be critical of their religion. There is no quick and easy solution to getting them to, like, leave you alone instantaneously but that's not really the crux of the voicemail anyways let's just keep on listening i just want to step in for a second don't know what else to do um it's pretty pretty scary and honestly i don't want my uh girlfriend going into a cult so uh anything to help out would be great any advice yeah so it sounds like your girlfriend might have been curious about the group Mormonism is very clearly a cult. You can see you can see it in their eyes when you talk to a Mormon. The glassy eye look where their smile doesn't quite reach their eyes when they're talking about Mormonism, you know? That, that's the glassy eye look and it's like it, it's almost like a vacant look in their eyes. Hold on. I I got an example of this what I'm talking about. This is a cult called well, they, they're women for Trump. They run women for Trump. But it's actually, this is the leadership of a cult called Word of Faith Fellowship. And they run a North Carolina town and have for 50 years. This woman right here in the back, this is Jane Whaley. She runs, she started it or she runs it or whatever now. But just look at the, look at the glassy eyed look. You see what I'm saying? When I, like, this is all pixelated and hard to make out here, but... You can see the almost like the vacant look in their eyes. These people aren't stupid. They're extremely intelligent, which is one of the reasons why they've been so successful in the first place. You can't chalk this up to a lack of intelligence. This vacant eye look where their smile doesn't really reach their eyes 
is a type of thing that you see from cult members all the time. That's how I identify Mormons sometimes when I'm talking to them, you know, it, it, Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever. It's pretty straightforward to tell if somebody is in a cult sometimes when you see their body language and, and their tells and stuff like that. But anyway, what do you do? What do you do when so when someone that you love is interested in Mormonism or curious or whatever? Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, or, or any other group like that. Tipping your hand and revealing that you're skeptical of the group may not be the best way to go, but lightly poking holes, light just asking questions like you're curious too might be a good way to go about it it's a non-confrontational approach that prevents the backfire effect from from happening instantly the backfire effect is when presented with evidence of somebody being wrong they dig their heels in even deeper or when they're when they feel attacked over something or when they feel that you're being you know they're being challenged or whatever they dig their heels in deeper. So you have to avoid that at all costs. People do that by being non-confrontational and just asking simple questions that lead them to the correct conclusion that this is a destructive cult. Again, don't tip your hand if you can. I mean, it sounds like you've already told her to run the other way. So she probably knows that you're kind of adversarial to it. That's okay. Just start over from scratch and say, you know what? I'm curious. Tell me. I want to know. Reopen the dialogue with her. So she feels more comfortable with it. That might be the best way to do it. And it's not just people who are curious about cults. This applies to a lot more than that. This applies to family members who are mem who've been members of cults for like 30 years. Avoid the backfire effect, be non-confrontational, and ask simple Socratic reasoning questions to come to new conclusions, to bring them to conclusions with you in a non-confrontational way. You don't even have to say the conclusion. Just lead them to it. Don't actually bring it out. Just lay down the premises and, and, and see if they can find their own way there. Because if they don't find their own way there, they're not going. You know, you're not going to be able to get somebody out of a cult if you have to drag them out. You have to let them make their way there. There used to be a group back in the 80s and 90s that would kidnap cult members for a fee. They charge you like I don't know, some amount of money, thousands of dollars, they would kidnap your kid or your mom or dad or grandma or whatever, take them to a cabin in the woods and tie them to a chair and deprogram them by force. That's obviously wrong. Obviously, it's a violation of human rights. That's not how we do things anymore. And it's not how it should have ever been done. But you can still deprogram them. When they put them in that cabin in the woods, separated from any kind of technology of any sort, any resources they may be able to access about the cult, they would do exactly what I described to you just now. Ask them questions in a Socratic way to lead them to the correct conclusions about the group. And when you have them in a position where they're seriously starting to question things, then you can start to present evidence. You know your leader's been convicted of uh, 16 felonies for uh, sexual assault and blah, blah, blah. Right here is the evidence. Just take a look at this. How can you... Don't make it about them. Not how can you justify this. How can he justify this? It's important not to put it on them. Put it on somebody else and be on their side. Bring them to you. You and them are working together to try to find true answers here 
and solutions to the problems that you're presented with. That's the goal. Anyway, hopefully that helped. You contributed some insight into my method of deprogramming people. It's not foolproof and it takes a long time. If there was a quick and easy way of deprogramming people, there would be no Trump supporters left on earth. Very good. Non-confrontational. Yes, that's the most important part. Non-confrontational. If you're confrontational with them, if, if you call them an idiot, if you say, this is stupid, I can't believe you fell for this. If you say your cult leader is, you know, convicted felon, how did you fall for this? If you're confrontational, they're going to shut down. They're going to stop listening. Because they've marked you as adversarial to them. You need to be non-confrontational or it isn't going to work. Good luck with everything. I know it's not an easy situation. All U.S. presidents pay for their own food while staying at the White House. I assumed. I did. Why would anybody assume they didn't? Of course they do. The money comes from somewhere, right? I mean, they're paid 400000 a year, but anyway, interesting. Antics. I assumed they were catered whatever they wanted. I don't know about that, but I do remember the time that Donald Trump had McDonald's catered the White House right here. Oh, wait. No, this is Chick-fil-A. Wait, where's the McDonald's one? He did McDonald's, too. Yes, yes, right here. Oh, my God. And there are, like, salads and burgers and... Yeah, here you go. This is uh, an image of McDonald's catering at the White House. God, what a joke, dude. It's so embarrassing. It's painful. Did you hear that Trump got bops and a one-finger salute at the Iowa college game over the weekend? No. Oh, booze, booze. No, I didn't hear that. Oh, my God. Really? Oh, I got to see this. So this is Donald Trump at the Iowa game, apparently, the Iowa football game. Iowa is a popular place to go for politicians right now because it's the first primary state. And if you can get, you know, um, higher rankings in Iowa early on in the primary, then you'll get you have a boost. You're more likely to win more states because people don't want to vote for a loser, basically. That's how it works. So Trump is going to all the events. I think he went to the Iowa State Fair, uh, just like DeSantis and a lot of the other candidates. And now he's going to the football game. So it sounds like he's getting booed. And then there's one chick right in the front who's screaming woo to cancel out the booze. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, what do you expect? You know, the dude is about as controversial as it gets. Does it get more controversial than Trump? So anyways, yeah, that was Donald Trump being booed at the Iowa football game, apparently. Of course he's going to get booed. Yes. Did you expect differently? Really? Anyway, I mean, I'm talking to Trump. Did you expect differently, Donald? Of course you're going to be booed. Okay. Apparently, you know, this is this headline was titled Trump gets flipped off, flipped off at an Iowa game after getting booed. This is Trump behind his special little wall because he's a special little guy. And there, there are people pointing their fingers up at him. Yeah. Like I said, he's controversial. He should have expected this reaction. He knows he's controversial. He knows that most people don't like him. The vast majority don't.
Next, we're going to talk about QAnon's deep racism. They can't hide it, even when they think they're advocating for minority groups. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon, and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. He puts out the mugshot, and now all the rappers and, and hip-hop artists are all like, man, Trump, man, he's one of our, he's like us, man, he's, he's, uh, he's got his mugshot out there, he's you know, getting hit up by the, by the DOJ like the rest of us. He's now identifying with a larger audience. Wow, dude. This is QAnon or Dave Hayes, if you've never heard of him. He's a very high up QAnon interpreter. QAnon doesn't have really religious leaders because it's not really a religion. It's a political cult more than anything. Although it requires suspension of belief or suspension of reality to be a member of this group. So anyways, they have interpreters. These interpreters kind of interpret the words of Donald Trump and of the guy that is Q, that leads the whole group. Q, clearance patriot is what he goes by. He interprets their words to try to get some kind of meaning out of it. As you heard in the opener there, we're going to listen to that whole clip in a second. Donald Trump got his mugshot taken a while back, and Trumpland, the QAnoners and all of the other people, not realizing just how racist they are, are postulating that the black community now is going to vote for Donald Trump because he's like them. How whacked out is that? They have no idea, do they? They don't even realize how deeply racist they are. People like Dave Hayes. It's just like innate in his head, isn't it, at this point? Anyways, if you ever wondered how this whole Q interpretation thing goes, it's very much like a pastor kind of interpreting the Bible. This is just a basic example. This is from I don't, this is from like June 2022. There was a Q clearance patriot, quote unquote, his screen name, did another Q drop, what they call it, right? And I just want to show you what it looks like, for example. Cassidy Hutchinson was one of the White House aides, and she was in the room for some of the discussions that took place when Donald Trump was planning the insurrection on January 6th, and she testified to the January 6th committee about it. So let me just show you an example of a Q drop and how Dave Hayes kind of processes it. Q was posting in the middle of the night. Uh, early this morning, we got a message on the board from Q a little bit after midnight, Pacific time zone, Q posted this. This is a classic Q drop. It's just cryptic nonsense. It means nothing. What is at stake? Who has control? Surprise witness? Who was surprised? Who will be surprised? Use your logic. Can emotions be used to influence decisions? How do you control emotion? Define plant. I mean, you're seeing how this is just garbage, right? This is, this is completely meaningless, like all of it. How do you insert a plant? Can emotions be used to insert a plant? Who is Cassidy Hutchinson? Trust a plan. Q. All right, so this is a post, obviously, about the testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson yesterday, the surprise witness at the January 6th committee hearing. So yesterday, she testified before the committee yeah, so anyway, they did a whole bunch of hate on her, and he tries to kind of interpret what the hell that meant. In reality, it meant nothing at all. 
It was just m mindless garbage. Kevin Myers, thank you for becoming a member or for being a member. Use a shovel to install plants. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's how plants are installed. Uh, why is Q even asking these questions? Just bizarre. Use a shovel. Dumbass. <laughs> but this is Dave Hayes. Th this is the guy on the right here. He was the one in that video trying to do the interpretation. Like I said, he's about as high as it gets in the QAnon circles. He is extremely well-known for his interpretations and has been largely responsible for what QAnon is today because of his interpretations of everything that QAnon said. If you want to know who Q really is, like who posted that, I'm very confident that it's this guy right here, Ron Watkins. He tried to run for office in Arizona and failed miserably. He got like one of the lowest percentages ever. Anyways, this is Q um, in my very well-informed opinion. My name is Ron Watkins and I am not a politician. I am an entrepreneur and I'm a computer scientist. We have to send a fighter and I am your fighter. I am fighting for you. If you send me to DC, you will know that I will be fighting against this evil and I will make sure that we drive them back and I will make sure that your rights are, are kept. So anyway, that's Ron Watkins if you're curious. That's Q in my well-informed opinion. But uh, that's the guy that, that Dave Hayes is interpreting. Like this whole thing is an embarrassment, dude, honestly. If these people ever like wake up from this fabricated nightmare that they're living in where the deep state is or whatever, this can be the thing where they jerk awake at night and they can't go back to sleep because they keep thinking, oh my God, dude, I did all of that stuff. How I made a fool of myself publicly. How do you fix that? That's, that's going to be these guys. Anyway, uh, so let's listen to the whole breakdown. And it's not just Dave Hayes that talked about this specific thing. Eric Trump spoke about it, as a matter of fact, and Julie Green, another QAnoner. So let's listen to Dave Hayes' interpretation of this. This is the new Trump line. The fact that he got mugshotted is a signal that he's gaining minority votes because minorities are criminals. He's now identifying with a larger audience. You know what I think would be amazing is if, uh, if while President Trump is doing the rallies that he's going to be doing in the next you know, year. He's not gaining minority votes right now, by the way. If you look at the polls, it does not reflect that. I think it would be really cool if he would take some time, go into the inner cities of Detroit, Philadelphia, uh, D.C., Los Angeles, Go into some of the inner cities, Seattle, just places where he normally doesn't go. Go hang out in the hood, hang out in the ghettos and bond with those people. If he Well, he should be doing that anyways. He should be going around to everywhere because you're not rich donors president. You are everybody's president. That's what it's supposed to be, right? Why didn't he do that in the first place? Now Dave Hayes is like, well, he has an in because he has a mugshot and all those other people have mugshots too. They don't even realize how racist they are. They have no clue. And bond with those people. If he does that, I think he would have a massive groundswell of support. Yeah. If you bonded with those people and tried to win their favor and ask them what they want you to change 
to make things better for them, yeah, you would have a groundswell of support. That's not what Trump would do or wants to do. Well, for one thing, Trump doesn't want to be anywhere near those people. He wants to, you know what? He spent his entire adult life staying away from them, doing everything he could to be away from them, living in a gated community where people who are below a certain skin tone aren't allowed in. As a matter of fact, he was investigated by the Nixon administration for refusing to rent to black renters back in the whenever that was. 60s, 70s, something or whenever Nixon was president. Donald Trump doesn't want to go to, you know, inner cities and win people's votes. He doesn't want to be their president. He can win with the group of white, hateful racists. And that's it. He he believes. I don't think he's going to win again, but that's neither here nor there. God, this dude has no clue how racist he is. He thinks he's just giving a reasonable political strategy. This is just nuts. And bond with those people. If he does that, I think he would have a massive groundswell of support from minority communities. Anyways, yeah, that's uh, Dave Hayes. That was his take on it. But weirdly, like I said, this is like an oddly popular position in QAnon circles. On the left, you'll see this is Julie Green. And in the middle is a guy named Clay Clark. They're both QAnoners. Clay Clark runs something called the Reawaken America Tour. It's this far-right extremist nutcase tour, a QAnon tour, effectively, where Eric Trump and I think Don Jr. show up to some of these events and speak. So uh, Julie Green believes that Trump is a messiah, and she is a prophet like Moses. And she's talking to Eric Trump here. Just give you a little idea of who these people are. Julie Green and Clay Clark. Check this out. Uh, by the way, this is early September 2023. When this clip came out, we're about to watch. And when the Dave Hayes clip came out that we just watched. No matter what they're going to do and no matter what they're going to try to do to your dad, it will not it will not go the way they want it. It will not go the way they want it because. Yeah, uh, you told us. Back in March of 2023 or 22, I don't remember when, that he wasn't going to be indicted at all. Remember that one? So uh, you have very, you have no credibility now. None. I'm sorry, Julie. It won't go the way they want it. The way they want it because God's on his side and he's called him his David. He said his anointed is appointed one. He said it more than once. There, there she's calling him a Messiah, Trump. He continually says it. I've had so many different prophetic words regarding your father. No, you haven't. And the Lord, I've cried because I knew the love that God has for him, the love that God has for your family, and I could just feel it. And it's like he's not going to let, he's not going to forsake you, and he's not going to let this continue. Dude, I actually have video of her, like, do exactly what she's describing, crying because of the love she felt for whatever. It's a long video, so I haven't watched it in, like, forever. It's, like, five minutes long, but, oh, it's so crazy. Yeah, this is the one right here. This is on, uh, apparently, July 23rd, 2022. This is part five of a prophetic message, and she's literally crying in it. I mean, you can't see the tears because of the glasses, I guess, but her voice is breaking up and everything. Do not doubt me, and do not doubt what I will do for you. I'll protect whom you love and I'll protect this nation from what you are being told is possible. Wait, does Donald Trump love anybody other than himself? Is that who she's saying is going to be protected? 
I'll protect who you love, i.e. you. <laughs> and it could be the worst case scenarios. This will not happen. I will not allow your enemies to go that far. See, you can tell she's crying. I know it's hard to imagine less casualties in a situation like this. She's describing civil war. But I have done this in my ward before. My son go to Second Chronicles 20 in my written word. Anyway, we're not here to listen to that crazy stuff. I'm just showing her an example, dude. God, she is nutty. Anyway, that's what she's talking about. She's literally cried over Donald Trump and all this stuff. Not going to let he's not going to forsake you and he's not going to let this continue. OK, yeah. So the apparent that was the end of that clip. But let me show you Eric Trump's like response or reaction to Julie Green. Remember, Eric Trump knows well his father is not a messiah and that Julie Green is not a prophet of God. He knows that. You can't convince me he doesn't know that. Early September 2023, just a few minutes later, check check out what Eric says here. Now you're seeing certain segments of the population, like the African-American segment of the population who are coming out and saying they've done the same. Yeah, they're not African-Americans for what it's worth. They're Americans. I think the preferred term is just the black community because they're not African-American. You know, I bet he's one of those people who would go to a like an African country like South Africa and he would talk about how many African-Americans there were in South Africa. I bet anything he would do that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. The population who are coming out and saying they've done the same crap that they're doing to Donald Trump. They've done it to us for years. They've indicted us for nonsense. They've thrown the legal system at us. They haven't given us a chance in hell. It's been a rigged system. Um, there you go. There's the argument coming right back out of uh, Eric Trump's mouth. Just like it came out of Dave Hayes' mouth. He's saying, Donald Trump got a mugshot, now he's just like us. Like, they have no idea how racist they are, seriously. They've literally made my father a martyr with, with certain segments of the population that they... No. No. They haven't. Who is they, by the way? Like, who are we even talking about? The deep state? The cabal or whatever? I don't, like, know what he's even talking about right now. But no, Donald Trump's not a martyr to minority communities. His poll numbers are not rising with minority communities. You live in a fantasy. Population that they otherwise, you know, claim to own. And um, I'm telling you, it's backfiring on them. Again, it's the law of unintended consequences. You probably wouldn't have figured that if you were thinking about it six months ago, but it's certainly backfiring on them. Yeah. No, no, it's not backfiring on anybody. It's called seed time and harvest in the Bible. <laughs> And Again, she's a prophet. She says it's called seed time and harvest. So she's going to give the prophet's perspective on this. She, seed time and harvest, of course, being like part of the end, the end of the end of the end or whatever. The last days of the last days. Yeah, it's called seed time and harvest in the Bible. <laughs> and they're reaping what they're sowing is what the God said. You always will. Okay, I don't know who they is. And nobody's reaping what they're sowing except Donald Trump. So Bible. <laughs> And they're reaping what they're sowing is what the God said. You always will reap what you sow. I'm wondering why she says the God is what the God says. That's weird, right? She believes in other gods, come to think of it. You know, she's a like a little bit of a polytheistic believer when you think about it. I mean, she's an evangelical Christian, QAnoner, um, as deep as it gets Christian. That's kind of based on Pentecostalism. But she also believes in Baal. 
Baal, of course, is a god named in the Bible as, uh, you know, it was one of the Canaanite gods or whatever. So anyway, God, she's got she is something else, dude. She is wild. Some of her claims. If you're unfamiliar with Julie Green, though, let me just lay down a couple of other classics for you. This is her talking to Eric Trump back in December 2022. Is thank you for also standing up and thank you for standing up for, you know, the Lord and Christianity and just religious freedom in general. I mean, okay, Julie Green's not standing up for religious freedom, first of all. Second, she believes that she is being praised as a prophet from the son of a messiah. That's what she believes right now. And she's emotional over it. This is painfully sad, dude. And one more thing. She doesn't, like I said, she doesn't stand for religious freedom. She stands for Christian supremacy. That's what she wants. All right, let's keep listening. Something that is massively attacked right now. And it's it's something that I'm actually pretty convinced. I, I'm going to get hit for saying this, but coming out of Obama, um, where, you know, sounds hot. We were losing massive amounts of religious liberty in this country. I mean, that was not happening. Massive amounts. You, you could hardly say Merry Christmas without being like shunned because you might offend somebody who wasn't true. You know, no, no, it's not true. That never happened. This whole war and Christmas thing was a fabrication. When I came out of like my, you know, pseudo right wing, whatever that I was in for a while, I believed there was a war on Christmas. I believe there was a group of people out there who were trying to prevent others from saying Merry Christmas. It was a complete fabrication that never happened. Coming out of Obama is what he says. <laughs> we couldn't even say Merry Christmas. Just, God, I don't, this is nuts. You might offend somebody who wasn't, True. you know, Christian or believe. I mean, it was crazy. I'm not sure if, if, if you know, organized religion would not be what it is right now um if it wasn't for donald trump and he dude can you get any more hyperbolic than that honestly organized religion wouldn't be what it is if not for donald trump that is nuts mm -hmm. you know a lot a lot of people are well is he is he a religious guy yeah he's a religious guy and he might not have worn it on his shirt sleeve the way that certain politicians do oftentimes unfortunately and I, this again sounds terrible but but for votes um, there's probably no one that's done more for religious freedom than him. And, uh, no one that's done more for religious freedom than Donald Trump. And he's a, he's a religious guy. I swear. Jesus, dude, this is nuts. Here's another throwback for you. If you don't know Julie Green, Q and honor in this one, she is prophesying that Trump will be reinstated in an unusual way. Of course that never happened. But, you know, we're just going to try to shuffle that under the table, pretend it was never said, and just ignore it completely. Early December 2022 when this came out. And so one of the things that God keeps saying to me over and over and over again, over and over, that he is going to um, bring back your father in unconventional ways. No, God is not talking to you, Julie. And he keeps saying that over and over and over again. We don't have to wait for a man's way of doing things like an election in order to bring somebody who is actually rightfully the elected president of the United States of America. I still call him president. I will never call Biden president because he's not. Yes, he is, Julie. Please get help. This is insane. Julie Green keeps getting things wrong over and over and over again. And I don't know how she continues or why she continues to prophesy despite that fact. What is going through her head? When she gets a prophecy wrong, what 
what knocks around in there, you think? Do you think she just thinks to herself after prophesying that Donald Trump would not be indicted and then he is? Well, you know, like God just I misheard him or something. Like, what's her justification here? I have to know. Oh, exactly how God's going to do it. He doesn't give me that type of information. Uh, but he doesn't give you any information. He does give me the fact that what he is going to do is no, he's bringing him back. And I don't know how he's going to do that. I just know hey, he well, can't wait to see them fall. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do with you. So if that's OK, I would, uh, love, I would love it. That's beautiful. She's asking if she can pray over the son of a messiah. This is like the deepest honor that could ever be bestowed upon a prophet of God ever to pray over uh, the son of a messiah god dude this is crazy q and honors man they are deeply entertaining and, and my, how can you not be entertained by this honestly beautiful and and, and my okay. wife i i believe it 100 percent. okay i want to pray so heavenly father right now in the name of jesus we just lift up eric and we lift up his entire trump family to you father you know what i find fascinating about what just happened he says and julie I believe it 100%. That tells me that he knows, that she knows, that he knows, that what she's saying is back insane. And he has to reaffirm to her, I believe you 100%. Absolutely. My dad is a messiah. You're completely correct. I believe it 100%. Jesus Christ on a cracker. Anyway, God, dude, I just love listening to, to QAnoners. Julie Green and Eric Trump is all mixed up in here now. Dave Hayes, there's like the most entertaining people I cover, in my opinion. I don't know. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. These people are ridiculous. And honestly, they have no idea how racist they are. They ju I just I don't think it's even registering. I think they're just in the dark. Let me know what you think. Next, we're going to talk about Enrique Tarrio, leader of the Proud Boys, and his long history of arrests, ending in his most recent sentence being handed down, 22 years. Oh boy, he is not happy about this one. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. This is Enrique Tario, the leader of the Proud Boys, being arrested in his underwear. No joke. Oh, I love it to death, dude. He just got sentenced to 22 years. 22 years in prison for his role in the January 6th attack. Along with his second in command is Lieutenant Joe Biggs. I think Joe Biggs got 17 years in prison to Tario's 22. This is not Enrique Tario's first run in with the law though, FYI. And we're gonna talk about that one too. But first, let me just show you who the guy is. I wanna kind of humanize him and give you an idea of the, what he believes. Bottom right here, Deanna Lorraine on InfoWars. This is October, early October 2020. So it's before the 2020 election, a month before voting happened, okay? And Deanna Lorraine was running for Congress at the time, I think. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. Uh, but And she also worked for InfoWars. She was an InfoWars correspondent at this time, right? And we've got en Enrique Tario on here as her guest. Listen to this. A month before voting, 2020. Wouldn't you say that that's really the premise of the Proud Boys? It's not, uh, you know, uh, it's not a white supremacist group. It's not a violent group. It's like, you know, it's really kind of an innocent men's fraternity that has chapters all over the nation with that. Wow, what a way to frame it. No, 
let me tell you what the Proud Boys really are. It's like it's kind of like Donald Trump's brown shirt. If you know the history of World War II, you'll know that Hitler had a group of people who he treated as kind of his own private police force or his own private army, basically, who would show up and bust things up. I mean, we've seen the same type of uh, behavior from Scientology, right? People that they don't like, they'll show up and they'll pour bleach in your lawn to get your grass to die. They'll bust your win- your car windows open. They'll plant listening devices in your home and, and that type of deal. Break the law flagrantly. But who's going to stop them, you know? Especially in a Trump administration who's friendly to this type of thing. And they disproportionately target minority communities because they know that minority communities, by and large, are not going to vote for Donald Trump. So they look for opportunities to hurt minority groups as much as possible. That being said, they do have members of minority groups as you know, members of the Proud Boys. If they're willing to hurt their own communities, then they're welcome to join. Now, she described it as just a basic peaceful fraternity. I gave you a real idea of what it was. Listen to his description. Protecting people from protesters as a side as a side goal um we're starting as a joke in your mouth though look he's wearing a hat that says the war boys the war boys like i said trump's private army effectively that's how they viewed themselves and i'll tell you exactly what his role was in january 6th in a minute we'll get there and why he got 22 years just keep listening it was started as a joke on Gavin's show. Like, this wasn't supposed to be a... Th- like, I don't care what it started as. It's not a joke now. He's talking about Gavin McInnes. He started the Proud Boys. And he also started Vice News, surprisingly. He doesn't have stake in it anymore. But he's a far-right extremist. Like, this wasn't supposed to be a thing. Um, he was trying to get his intern laid. And then he inadvertently started uh, this giant group which is at 22,000 members worldwide right now and uh just judging by like my chapter alone and what my guys are saying uh we Uh, maybe at this time Enrique Tario was not the leader of the entire group he's just a chapter leader and Gavin may have been like over the whole thing still but Gavin quit and put Enrique Tario in charge probably increased our numbers by about two to three thousand just in the past 24 hours Yeah, so just in the past 24 hours, what he's referring to here was during a debate with Joe Biden, Donald Trump was asked to denounce white supremacy, denounce white supremacists. And it was obvious that Trump knew exactly who votes for him, so he was like kind of wary about it, and he's playing coy with it. So listen to what he said here in the debate. This is just, okay, so this, this happened September 29th. 2020. That's when this debate took place. And this interview with Enrique Tarrio, the leader of the Proud Boys, happened just like a week later or or less, basically. Right. And he says he added two to three thousand members in 24 hours when this took place. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure. Are you- yeah. So um, the Proud Boys were provocateurs. They were instigators. This is an objective 
fact that you can look up if you would like. Or, you know what? I made the claim. Let's look it up. I will show you the evidence. Those Black Lives Matter rallies where the right claimed that they were burning cities down. No, they weren't. These cities are still here. Everything is fine. I live in Manhattan. New York City was not burned down by anybody. You know, it's not a, a hellhole. It's not like a mess. I don't worry about walking down the street at night. My kid rides a subway to school, you know, there and back every day. The subway is a fine tool for anybody. It's not a big deal. Okay, my kid is 14. Been riding it that way since she was 12 or 13. I don't remember how old she was when she first did it. But the point is, all of the places that they claimed Black Lives Matter burned down didn't burn down. They were fine. But there were right-wing provocateurs within the Proud Boys actually attempting to incite violence and burn buildings down. Like I said, I, prov I made the claim. Let me provide the evidence. Okay, we got two articles, one from ABC News. I covered this recently. Man who helped ignite George Floyd riots identified as white supremacist. Uh, masked, umbrella-wielding man accused of helping incite riots and looting in the aftermath of George Floyd's police-involved death has been identified as a member of a white supremacist group that aimed to stir racial tensions amid largely peaceful Black Lives Matter protests, according to police. This is just one example. AP finds most arrested in protests aren't leftist radicals. President, uh, this is AP News. Uh, trustworthy sources, both of them, in my opinion. President Donald Trump portrays the hundreds of people arrested nationwide in protests against racial injustice as violent urban left-wing radicals, but an Associated Press review of thousands of pages of court documents tells a different story. This is produced on October 20th, 2020. That's when that article was written. The ABC News article was written July 29th, 2020. So this is right around the time that the George Floyd protests were taking place. Very few of those charged appear to be affiliated with highly organized extremist groups, and many are young suburban adults from the very neighborhoods Trump vows to protect from the violence in his re-election push to win support from the suburbs. Like Kyle Rittenhouse, basically, people showed up, the Proud Boys, you know, Trump's private army. The Proud Boys show up to these peaceful protests and they instigate violence. There are examples of white supremacists intentionally lighting buildings on fire and claiming it was Black Lives Matter protesters. So the cities are not burned down. The few instances of buildings being burned down largely point back at white supremacists trying to instigate racial tensions. And the Black Lives Matter protesters were largely peaceful. All that being said, with those things in mind, I condemn any violence. I condemn any looting, any attacks of any sort. I condemn any violence. It's that simple. So what does uh, Trump have to say about it? He's asked to condemn the, you know, the right-wing supremacists, right? As we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Well, I don't know what you're seeing, good sir, but you are incorrect. It was right-wing extremists largely, or actually what appeared to be, according to AP News, it appeared to be like white suburban people who just wanted to show up and instigate violence. It was Proud Boys and stuff. That's who it was at these events that were largely being arrested. Not from the right so wing. So what are you, what are you, you what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Yeah, say it. Like, why is he bouncing around? Just tell us. All you have to say is, I condemn violence. I condemn right wing extremism of any sort. That simple. Guess what? You know what? I'm asking Trump to do it. I'll do it. I condemn any left-wing 
extremism or violence of any sort. See how easy? That's all you have to do. Say it. Do it. As Biden said. I love that line from Biden. You hear him in the background? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. <laughs> I love that, dude. Biden is in there. That is so funny. Do you want to call him? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacist and white supremacist. White supremacist and white supremacist. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. Well, okay, that's not a condemnation. That's an order. Stand back and stand by, which became the Proud Boys slogan moving forward and added two to three thousand members to their group in 24 hours time. That's what Enrique Tarrio was talking about in this clip. So let's talk about the Proud Boys role in the January 6th attack. There were a number of different groups, not just the Proud Boys, but there were the three percenters and the Oath Keepers. Uh, Stuart Rhodes is the leader of the Oath Keepers at the time. And Enrique Tarrio was the leader of the Proud Boys, but he was not there on January 6th. He was elsewhere. Joe Biggs stood in for him. His lieutenant and second in command stood in for Enrique Tarrio. But Enrique Tarrio and Joe Biggs and Stuart Rhodes planned, and, and other leaders of these extremist groups, planned out exactly what they were going to do. And here was the plan. They were going to instigate violence and kind of create a riot. They knew they had a whole bunch of people there and they were going to get them to riot as a cover for them to get inside, get a hostage, and then start making demands about Trump remaining in office and stuff. That was the plan. I mean, this is open and exposed and known. There is no question that this is what happened at this point. Joe Biggs is one of the people on the ground he used his military expertise, his past military service, to act as a battlefield general alongside Stuart Rhodes, who's, who stayed back out of the city. They planted weapons caches around the city with ammo dumps and uh, AK-47s and whatever else. AR-15, I don't even know what kind of gun they had. They had weapons caches planted around the city that they could go grab anytime they wanted. Yeah, there were a lot of normal people there that were doing normal people things that got whipped into a blood frenzy and did some really stupid things like push their way into the Capitol and put their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk acting like fools or go to the Senate floor and write a threatening note. Justice is coming like the QAnon shaman did. There were people like that who got sentenced to four years, but there were people at the top like Enrique Tarrio, Joe Biggs, Stuart Rhodes, who very intentionally set out to start a riot, had weapons caches placed everywhere, and had people planted with zip-tie handcuffs and gloves to push windows in and stuff like that. That's why Joe Biggs, the guy that's pictured here in this, if you're watching, that's why he got a 17-year sentence. That's why Enrique Tarrio got a 22-year sentence recently. And that's why Stuart Rhodes got, I think, a 17-year sentence. Oh, he got an 18-year sentence, apparently, uh, Stuart Rhodes did, the leader of the Oath Keepers. Anyway, listen to this report. I think that, yeah, this is ABC News. Uh, check out what they had to say here. August 31st, 2023 is when this report came out. Next tonight, a former leader of the far-right extremist group, the Proud Boys, sentenced to 17 years in prison for his actions on January 6th. Joseph Biggs, a military veteran, tearful today, pleading for leniency before receiving one of the longest sentences so far. Here's... Yeah, I mean, I, I could understand wanting leniency 
when you planned an insurrection against the U.S. government. This is not a riot got out of hand. I mean, that happened, but that was because he wanted it to happen. So far, here's ABC's Martha Raddatz. Tonight, despite tearful pleas in court, former Proud Boys Lieutenant Joseph Biggs now sentenced to 17 years for what the judge called his role in a national disgrace, the second longest sentence imposed in the more than 1,100 criminal cases resulting from the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Biggs, an Army veteran, was convicted of seditious conspiracy for plotting the riot with other leaders of the far-right group. You catch that? Plotting the riot. He was convicted of seditious conspiracy for plotting the riot with other members of the group, Enrique Tarrio, Stuart Rhodes, and others. So we just stormed the Capitol. This video of Biggs on January 6th was shown during his trial. Wow, isn't it interesting that suddenly these guys don't, don't like, care about masks at all? They're totally 100% A-OK with masks now? Weird, huh? All we heard from these people for... What God, we're still hearing it for years now is how masks are hurting people. They're evil and you can't tell child trafficking, you know, all that other garbage about masks. And look at look at this. He seems to be perfectly OK with them now. Huh. Were we lied to by these people? During his trial, as well as this selfie from inside the Senate chamber. Another shot of him wearing a mask. Wow. He didn't mind masks, apparently. Prosecutors said Biggs had been an influential proponent of the group's shift towards political violence after Donald Trump lost the election. Ultimately, prosecutors argued he was party to the first breach of the Capitol's perimeter and even after the attack declared it a warning shot to the government. So he was responsible for breaching uh, for the first breach on the Capitol. And after the first breach, the riot was in full force. And that was it. The judge saying what happened on January 6th broke our tradition of peacefully transferring power, which is among the most precious things we had as Americans. Yep. Absolutely no excuse for what these people did. None. Zero excuses here. Oh, yeah, this other guy was also sentenced. He was uh, third in command, I think, in the Proud Boys. Enrique Tarrio being number one, Joe Biggs is two, and then this guy, Zach something. Another former Proud Boys member, 30-year-old Zach Real, was sentenced today. Real. Yeah, he had a weird last name. R-H-E-I-L, I think is how it's spelled. Number 30-year-old Zach Real was sentenced today to 15 years in prison for his role in the Capitol riot. He told the court he had lost track of what mattered most and had let politics consume his life. The four- You think? Really? No. Knock me over with a feather. You think that's what happened? That you let politics consume your life? You turned into an extremist because of it? This is the Proud Boys. This is what the Proud Boys are about. This is what they've always been about. These guys are saying they let politics consume their lives now, the top, the people at the very top of the movement, because they're facing down, like, two decades in prison. All You know, all these guys, like, 17, 18 years, 15 years, 22 years, whatever. But you can bet your bottom dollar that the Proud Boys, as an organization, has not broken up. It's only strengthened its resolve after seeing their leader martyred by getting a 22-year sentence. The Proud Boys is an extremist group. It is effectively Trump's brown shirts. The former head of the Proud Boys will be sentenced next week. Mary? 
Okay, former head of the Proud Boys. Yeah, so that was Enrique Tarrio. Um, what's interesting about all of this, though, is that Enrique Tarrio was actually roving around D.C. Um, before January 6th, I believe, just a few days before, found a Black Lives Matter flag on a church, tore it down, and lit it on fire. That's private property. And he was charged with a crime for stealing private property and d damaging. I don't even know what, what his sentence was. But he was called in to turn himself in in September 2021, shortly after, you know, well, like a, nine months after Joe Biden was uh, inaugurated, I guess. He was called to turn himself in September 2021 for that charge. And it was a five-month sentence. So he serves five months in prison, right? September to February? Uh, wait, September, October, November, December. Jan wait, so yeah, January, I guess, is when he would have gotten out. January 2022. Check out his uh, entrance here. Hey, it's a long and what all hang on behind. Right. The guards behind the wall are just like, what are you doing? Hey, I know what you said in front of them, but it's going to be it. It's going to be here for you in five months. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right, brother. Appreciate it. They can't kill us all. Hashtag free Biggs. Free Joe Biggs, I guess. Hashtag free what i can't read that free rufio i don't know who rufio is that's the shirt he's wearing oh my god appreciate it hello what's going on how you doing sir pretty good all right intake yes sir i'll get it from you there the gate oh okay all right sir all right y'all can back up now the monkey show's over the monkey show's over he's a, he's a human being it's just stupid. Anyway, so they basically take him in early September, and he got out, I think, January, right? And then just two months later, after getting out, January, he gets out, and March, he's arrested again. I love it, dude. And this time... This time, he's arrested in his underwear at his house, and he gets a 22-year sentence. I'm sorry, man. I have no sympathy. You know what? I've never worried about this situation happening to me. Do you know why I've never worried about this before? Because I've never committed seditious conspiracy against the U.S. government. I've never fomented an insurrection in an attempt to halt the, the peaceful transfer of power between presidents. So, yeah, never something I ever worried about. How about that? You don't want to worry about getting handcuffed in the middle of the night and facing down a 22-year sentence? Don't commit seditious conspiracy. You, you might not have to. I mean, there are a billion other charges you might have to face down, but seditious conspiracy, you don't commit it. You may not have to face this down. Seriously, it's a joke, man. This guy wants our sympathy. He's not getting it from me. Anyway, let me know what you think about this in the comments. I'm glad to see that these guys were all sentenced adequately, in my opinion. 17, 18 years, 22 years. I like it. I like it. That's good. Protect society from them. We obviously need it. Unfortunately, the Proud Boys as an organization still exist. But yeah, let me know what you think in the comments. St. Louis is alive and kicking despite rumors. I know. These are the most ridiculous rumors, too. Like, New York City was burned down, Portland burned down, St. Louis burned down. No, no, to literally all of that. It's absurd. It's so easily debunked. These cities are perfectly fine. Insane that anybody believes this. Yeah, I had to hedge there a little bit because 
I guess there's a lot of stuff that you can be arrested in your underwear for facing down a 22 sentence. It's not a 22 year sentence. It's not just seditious conspiracy. I guess you could go the Danny Masterson route. He's facing down 30, 30 to life, I think. I don't, I, he wasn't arrested in his underwear, though, in his front yard, this, the way this guy was. Oh, dude, I love it. I love it. At least he had underwear on. You got to give him that. At least he, he, you know, he doesn't sleep in his birthday suit, if you will. Anyway, God, dude. Apparently, a conviction for seditious conspiracy is actually a rare thing, so it's easily avoidable for most people who don't actually commit it. Thank you, Real Pumpkin J. Did not know that it was rare. Uh, that's good, you know? I remember Tucker Carlson saying seditious... Uh, no one's been convicted of sedition or any of that stuff, and then, then people started getting convicted of sedition. <laughs> it's like, how do these people... Uh, they can't be honest actors, right? They can't be. Certainly not Tucker. I don't believe that Tucker believes a word out of his own mouth for a second. I just can't buy it. Next, we're going to talk about Oklahoma Superintendent Ryan Walters claiming there's a drag queen in a school administration position somewhere in his district, and he's going to find him. This dude is psychotic. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. There have been recent reports of an administrator in an Oklahoma school that's a drag queen. So we have a drag queen allegedly um, running one of our schools here in Oklahoma. A drag queen, you say? Oh, no. <laughs> People doing things in their personal lives that they enjoy? The gall! Can you imagine? Well, first of all, I don't even know if this is true. I don't have a problem with it if somebody wants to be a drag queen. Guess what? Teacher, I mean, wh who's he even talking about here? School administrator, he said? Is it? counting principals or teachers or what who's he talking about if you don't know who this is this guy is ryan walters he is superintendent over all of oklahoma schools dead serious he makes decisions that affect every single school in oklahoma deeply disturbing stuff and he's a far-right extremist culture warrior basically and he is apparently deeply disturbed by this alleged drag queen running around Okay, so uh, Oklahoma's population apparently is 3.987 million people. I suppose out of 3.9, out of 4 million people, there's probably drag queens somewhere in there, right? Who gave you this tip? Did anybody give you this tip? Are you just fear-mongering to try to build your power base or whatever? It's just absurd. If you think that's the most absurd thing this dude has said, you got another thing coming. Just stick around. Let's listen to the whole clip because it gets worse. And this guy gets worse, surprisingly. Early September 2023, listen to this. There have been recent reports of an administrator in an Oklahoma school that's a drag queen. So we have a drag queen allegedly um, running one of our schools here in Oklahoma. This is completely unacceptable. We know that radical gender theory has been a direct assault on our kids. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me there, there is a drag queen in school administration that dresses in drag while acting as a school administrator? Is that is that what you're telling me? I, I'm going to need a little more evidence. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. Not that I, I don't think I would really care about that, but, you know, keep your personal life personal. Keep your school or your, keep your school life in school, and I think everybody's good. I don't think anybody should have any problem with anybody do, having a personal life outside of their job. 
You know, the first time I saw a teacher outside of school, it was like right after high school. I saw them at a place in my old hometown, and uh, he was like swearing and so just casually, you know, just swearing like whatever. And I was like, kind of taken aback, like, holy, shit, what is going on here right now? This is bizarre. It was Mr. Wagner. Anyways, people are not robots. They have their own lives. You can't expect them to not live to your standards. But it seems to me that this goes a little bit deeper than just there's a drag queen in our schools and it crosses into a new territory. If you're a drag queen, it means you're not on the far right and you need to be fired for not being on the far right. That's basically what he's trying to set up right now, seems to me, right? Both on our kids um, and we can't allow this in our schools. Our schools have to do a better job of ensuring their hiring process ensures that their personnel match Oklahoma values. Okay, Oklahoma values. Fascinating, isn't it, that he would use such a phrase? Oklahoma, as a state, shouldn't have any quote-unquote values to pass on because values are a reflection of morality, right? And the state shouldn't, the state isn't there to enact or to push morality on people. The state, the federal government, the U.S., governmental system on any level or to any degree shouldn't be pushing moral beliefs on people. It's not about morals. It's about people's fundamental rights. You are there as an administrator to make sure that schools get the funding that they need and that they have test scores that they're supposed to have or whatever other thing, not impose your moral values on other people. And guess what? Oklahoma values, quote-unquote, Oklahoma morals are not shared by all of Oklahomans. These morals that you claim are only a fragment, only a portion of the Oklahoma population. I don't know how, like, what percentage of Oklahoma is Democrat. I think a lot of Oklahoma is far-right nutcase. I'm not really sure, but let's see. What percent voted Trump 2020? This may give us a little insight into it. What percentage of Oklahoma voted for Trump and which for Biden? 65% of Oklahoma voted Trump, 32% voted Biden. So that should give you a little bit of an idea. That means that it's not Oklahoma values. It's not Oklahoma morals. It means it's 65% of Oklahoma's morals at best. And honestly, I'm not even sure it's that high. I I'm pretty confident that these people voted Republican because they've been voting Republican their entire lives and can't stomach voting for a Democrat and don't really know what's going on in whatever. But I don't know. And I'm also going to ignore the fact that Oklahoma has as many people as are on Manhattan Island at any given moment. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. So they're not Oklahoma values. Oh, God, there's a cat. There was just a cat there randomly. Anyway, they're not Oklahoma values. Oklahoma shouldn't, uh, on paper, Oklahoma doesn't have values. They are there to protect people's rights. Nothing more, nothing less. No parent wants to send their kid to school knowing that they could be exposed to this radical gender theory in any capacity. This woke war on our kids has to stop. There is no woke war on any kids. This is just a fabrication. Dude is just lost in his head at this point. It's so hard to tell with these people if they're true believers or if they're just propagandizing to get like a, you know, a politician's position or a slot on Fox News or something. It's so hard to know. I think it's a mix with this guy. He's aiming to get a spot on Fox News or a higher political position, but he really does believe a lot of this stuff and he's just being provocative intentionally. That's what it seems like to me. 
We will not allow it in Oklahoma. This is the liberal insanity that every parent wants out of the classroom. Okay, the, the drag queen that you allege is in the district. He didn't even name a district. He said in Oklahoma schools. In all of the schools in all of Oklahoma, there is some teacher somewhere, some administrator that's a drag queen. You didn't name them. You didn't give us any evidence. You didn't tell us which school they're in. And you didn't even say that they were acting as a drag queen in their role as a teacher or administrator or whatever anyways. I just, I don't understand how... He suckers so many people into believing this nonsense. Well, I do, actually. I do understand how this propaganda spreads. It's just absurd, dude. And then, after saying stuff like that, after building his entire career off of drag queens evil, he has the nerve to come out here late August 2023 and blame Tulsa, like uh, the capital of Oklahoma, I believe, Tulsa, Oklahoma, for their low test scores. Blame the school for the low test scores. When he says, Bibles should be in every classroom. We should have Ten Commandments statues on the front lawns of every school. When he says stuff like that and test scores fall, he blames them, not the destructive rhetoric that he's been pushing. Late August 2023, he addresses the fact that Oklahoma's or that Tulsa's test scores are down. There's tremendous opportunity for Tulsa. They've gotten rid of Deborah Gist, who was holding students down, who wasn't hitting the goals that all parents have for their kids. And Tulsa. I assume that she was to the left of hunting the homeless for sport. I don't know. I have no idea who this person is. One of those fabled drag queens, maybe, right? And Tulsa has made that step to move in the right direction. I was clear with Tulsa, the Tulsa board today, they have the opportunity to turn the district around. We've given them guidance. We've given them goals to hit. And this is their opportunity. Right. So Tulsa's school district, apparently in Oklahoma, is failing miserably. They have awful test scores. To my knowledge, Oklahoma is 49th out of 50 in education. Let's look. Apparently, the National Center for Education S Statistics, a government organization, does not rank schools by quality. But there are various different state rankings Oklahoma is, according to this one ranking, which, I, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I don't know what this is from. It's not really a trustworthy source, but it's hard to find these. Oklahoma ranks 47 in academic performance. They rank number six in safety, apparently. People feel pretty safe in Oklahoma schools. They rank number 40 out of 50 in community. Their overall rank... Oklahoma's overall rank is 40, apparently. Again, according to Intelligent.com, I don't know how reputable this website is. I'm just saying. Oklahoma ranks really, really low is the point here for quality of education, like really bad. And this guy is the superintendent over all of Oklahoma. So it's his responsibility to fix this problem. And how does he want to fix it? Get a Bible in every classroom. This is their opportunity to come together and turn around this district. I and he's blaming the school's for him trying to force evangelicalism down their throats. I don't know. The schools probably suck, too. It's probably not entirely his fault, but it is his responsibility. You know, the president used to have a plaque on his desk that said, the buck stops here. You are the final authority, and all criticism goes to you. Ultimately, at the end of the day, something goes wrong. It's your fault because you're at the top. Whether you did it or not, your subordinates, the people you delegated tasks to, 
they did it, and that's your fault because you delegated it to them. The buck stops here. And then Reagan removed that plaque from the desk. Kind of funny. It will not allow Tulsa Public Schools to fail. Either the district will turn it around or I will. I am hopeful to see. And what's he going to do? Or I will, he said. He's going to put a Bible in every classroom. That's what he said. I'm, I'm quoting him. He wants to put Bibles in classrooms to fix this problem. Bring up test scores, put a Bible in the classroom. Will. I am hopeful to see Tulsa turn around, but there will be accountability. There will be monthly checks. And then we will come to a hard decision on what happens next. History is full of these moments where you have the ability to change course. And Tulsa's given, been given one right now. They've been given the opportunity to turn it around. I'm excited for the future and excited to get these kids learning. Jesus Christ on a cracker. That is insane. And you know what it reminds me of? Remember that guy, Doug Mastriano? You guys may not remember this dude. He ran for governor of Pennsylvania in 2020 or 2022. One of them. I don't remember when. Anyway. Yeah, 2022 is when he ran. Anyways, he ran in 2022 and said the most unhinged, insane shit I've ever heard in my life. Listen to this. Early October 2022. I believe this is right before the election took place. On day one, the sexualization of our kids, pole dancing, and all this other crap that's going on will be forbidden in our schools. Dude thinks pole dancing is taking place in public schools? On day one, all the graphic, the graphic books that are in elementary schools will be, will be pulled out. He thinks that... I guess the, these types of books are just being read to kids regularly. What? On day one and done, critical race theory is out the window. Yep. That's right. Yep. Come on. <laughs> critical race theory was never taught in any public school ever anywhere. It's taught as a graduate level class, commonly in law school. It's actually a class, I believe, that my wife took or is taking right now. I don't remember. She's in law school right now. Anyway, it's just a critical analysis lens. It's a lens through which we can perceive the world. Lawyers commonly have to look at things from all different sides, all different perspectives, for all kinds of different reasons. That's their job. A lawyer's job is to look at things from different perspectives and go to extremes and understand things about different demographics and different everything like the, it, that's what critical race theory is uh is actually about that's what it's really about understanding things from different perspectives and again it's only taught in graduate level classes i'm talking master's degrees or phds that's when it's taught it's not in elementary school anyway that's the kind of thing i expected from Doug Mastriano, and it sounds like we're hearing it again from Ryan Walters. He just, like, these people never give up, do they? Insane. I mean, this video was released on his X account, or Twitter, formerly known as Twitter. He zeted this out, for real. May 4th, 2023. I guess it was a tweet at the time, not a zeet. Listen to uh, what he had to say here. Well, the national test scores are out on U.S. history, and 86% of students are at basic or below level in their understanding of U.S. history. Well, this is right after the pandemic hit, and a lot of kids lost a lot of time, but for better or worse. You know, we saved a lot of lives, though. Was it worth it? I mean, we can have that debate, but the end result here is 
kids did lose a lot of time in school, a lot of FaceTime. And I think that, uh, to my knowledge, estimates say that kids lost an average of about six months of education that they will never get. Even though they did, you know, they continued on remotely, they weren't there in class to learn this stuff in a face-to-face -face way and, and communicate with peers and stuff. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that this is true, but this is a really good example of a point that I really want to drive home. Don't believe a word out of his mouth, even if it sounds reasonable, even if it's trivial. Don't believe it unless you look it up yourself. For the sake of argument, let's take this for what it is. 86% of students are below average on their knowledge of history. Is that what he said? Are at basic or below level in their understanding of U.S. history. Okay, 86% are basic or below level? I don't know where he would find statistics like that, and I'm skeptical, but okay, whatever. Only 1% scoring advanced. And folks, this is what happens when we allow the left to push indoctrination in the classroom, critical race theory, this anti-American indoctrination. Yeah, totally. It's CRT and left-wing nutcases that are causing the problems in Oklahoma schools, absolutely. Because, you know, Oklahoma schools are so full of left-wing radicals, right? And gender theory. Our kids don't understand American history. We have to get this turned around. As a U.S. history teacher myself... Oh, please, don't tell me that. It was of the utmost importance for me, for the kids in my class, to understand why America was great. Those founding principles. Why America was great. I just want to point something out here. America is a good place to live, or, or was, at the very least. You know what? I'll, I'll go this far. America is a good place to live. America is a good place to live. All things considered, it could be a lot worse. There are some things that are deeply disturbing, like the fact that a mass shooting happens like every 15 minutes or something. But, you know, all things considered, the economy compared to other world e or other countries' economies in the world isn't terrible. I suppose it could be worse. I mean, there are a lot of decent things about America that I could say. A lot of good things, right? But what he's presenting isn't that it's American exceptionalism. We are better than everybody else. We are great. We are the best. You know, I love my country. I love America. I want America to succeed. But I don't want America to succeed at the expense of other people. That's nationalism. I would be considered a patriot having an interest in America's success. Nationalism, like what he displays in other videos that he puts out, Nationalism is wanting America to succeed at the expense of others, at the expense of other countries. You want them to fail because you believe that their failure means your success. And you can't stop at just having your country succeed. You want everybody to feel exactly the same as you. And you try to impose your views onto others. That's nationalism. He's expressing nationalism, not patriotism for the kids in my class to understand why America was great. Those founding principles. Notice what he said there, why America was great, not is great, because Donald Trump has to make it great again, right? Principles. And understand the times we felt short. I, I wanted my students to have a full understanding of history so that, again, it would help guide them in life. It would help guide them in making decisions for our country.
Sure, sure, yes, great. I'm all for it. Full understanding of history, complete, good and bad, right? So that we could continue to be the greatest country in the history of the world. America is actually based off of a really fantastic idea. The United States as a country was being formed out right around the time of the Enlightenment. And one of the most famous Enlightenment thinkers was Thomas Jefferson, one of the people that helped kind of form out the ideals and the interests of the U.S. government, right? So America has a lot of potential. It, start, it has fantastic foundations of secular humanism and leaving people alone if they leave you alone. My right to swing my fist ends at the tip of your nose. I'm no, I can swing my fist anywhere I want until it connects right here. Then I can't swing it because I'm not exercising my rights. I am now violating your rights. That's the idea that America was ostensibly founded upon, and it's a fantastic one. People like Ryan Walters, this guy on screen, they don't want that. He doesn't want people to be allowed to do what they want to do. We've listened to it through this entire thing. Demonizes drag queens. Demonizes people to the left of hunting the homeless for sport. Demonizes anybody for anything if they don't perfectly line up with what he wants or thinks or believes. Superintendent over Oklahoma schools. History of the world. This, these scores just continue to show what parents all over the state know to be true. We have got to do a better job of teaching our kids U.S. history. Sure. We will be announcing curriculum and standards to improve our U.S. history scores across the state. And oh, my God, he's rewriting the curriculum. Please, anybody but this dude. And to make sure that every Oklahoma student. Okay, I don't know if you guys... <laughs> okay, this is... I don't know if you guys have ever seen Supernatural, the TV show. Probably not, right? Because this doesn't really seem like the audience that would watch Supernatural. But it's kind of an interesting show, so I've been going through it. Seems like a lot of the stuff that happens in there is kind of based off a Catholic, Catholic belief system. Well, anyways, sometimes they come across witches. Sometimes they come across ghosts. Sometimes it's demons, right? And when you find a demon, it's their eyes are completely black. Like, just straight across, just black. It's, I, I, looking into this guy's eyes, I'm sorry, man. It just hit me. I'm not saying he's a demon. I'm just saying it, it, it made me think of it. Understands American history, understands the founding principles, understands more than just the bad parts of our country's history. Elon Musk just did an interview last week saying... Okay, why are you bringing Elon Musk into this exactly? What does he have to do with anything at all? All right, go on. Just did an interview last week saying that he was talking to a parent who said that the only... Okay, no, wait a minute. Now, we're like six degrees removed here. So Elon Musk... So you listened to another guy who talked to another person. What, what did they do? Talking to a parent who said that the only thing that their kid knew about George Washington was that he was a slave owner. Why would that be the only thing that a kid knew about George Washington? If anybody in America knows anything about George Washington, it's that he's on the $1 bill. That, that's probably the first thing. And the second thing is that he was the first president, right? I actually had to look up if he was a slave owner or not. And sure enough, yeah, he was. So that's something that we should definitely put in the curriculum, right? Teach all of the history, everything, good and bad. There shouldn't be like a slant any direction. Why are you listening to Elon Musk for your stories? What? 
I mean, not to mention the fact that in the beginning of this, this dude tried to start his own culture war fear campaign, you know, where the, you remember the litter box thing where litter boxes are being used for kids that think that they're cats or whatever other nonsense. And it was completely false. It was fabricated. He's trying to start his own thing just like that. There's a drag queen somewhere in the administration. Just an embarrassment, man. This guy is an embarrassment to humanity. ...saying that he was talking to a parent who said that the only thing that their kid knew about George Washington was that he was a slave owner. Well, there's more that you need to know about George Washington than that. Sure. Yes, agreed. There is. And guess what? The curriculum outlines what you need to know about him. There isn't a curriculum in the United States that only teaches that he's a slave owner. Kids, by the time they come out of grade school, will know who George Washington was, some of the things that he did, what he was famous for, and all that other stuff. And they may not even know that he's a slave owner or that he was. We have got to give our kids a holistic view of our history so they understand all of the great things that have happened in our history, what made us great, and, and, and the bad parts as well. But we've got to... And, and the bad parts as well. Yeah, that's kind of an afterthought. Uh, I suppose bad parts as well. What made us great... And, and, and the bad parts as well. But we've got to ensure that our kids know our history, and that is of the top importance and priority for me. Oh, yeah. History is the top importance and priority for you, right? No, it's not. You know what's the top priority for him? Demonizing people who don't agree with him politically. That's at the very top for him. There's one more video I want to show you of this guy. This is Ryan Walters trying to explain to parents why he doesn't want to teach kids that the Tulsa race massacre was an attack based on race. If you don't know what the Tulsa race massacre was, there was a little area of Tulsa, Oklahoma, that the black community had been cordoned off into during segregation days. When did the Tulsa race massacre happen? It happened in 1921, so segregation was in full force at the time. They had cordoned them off into a little area, and it kind of became what was known as Black Wall Street because... They started succeeding. They were, they were successful in their own little communities. They had their own stores and their own everything, right? And that really pissed some people off that they were successful. So the surrounding white communities came in and burned it to the ground. Millions of dollars up in flames like that. That was the Tulsa race massacre. And what is Ryan Walters arguing? Race wasn't a part of the Tulsa race massacre. It was just bad people doing bad things. We shouldn't include race. In fact, we should remove race from the discussion entirely. No more talk of race when it comes to the Tulsa race massacre. Superintendent over Oklahoma schools. And he's answering a question from a parent about that. I would never tell a kid that because of your race, because of your color of your skin or your gender or anything like that, you are less of a person or... Nobody ever said that. Okay, all we said is that the white community surrounding Black Wall Street burned it to the ground because they were pissed off that the black community was making money. That's what was said. And he is trying to reverse that. You're less of a person or, an, or are inherently racist. Nobody believes that. Except for some weird little fringe group of nutcases. That's it. No serious person on the left believes that you are less of a person because you are white. 
There, there's nobody in a position of power that believes that. There's nobody, no great thinkers. There are no PhDs writing studies or theses on this or any of that. This is a fabrication that feeds the persecution complex of white supremacy. You're not evil for having white skin. Nobody ever said that. Nobody of any consequence ever said that. But you have to recognize what the white community has done to the black community over the past 300 years in America, right? Am I the only one? Now, I come from an area that is absolutely impoverished and has a black community that is almost zero. Like, there's almost no black community in the area that I grew up. There basically is none. In fact, I grew up in a sundown town, you know, where black people aren't welcome. And if they're there after sundown, something's going to be done about it. I am dead serious. I grew up in one of those towns. And the black community is not the one that's being attacked. It's it's not really cordoned off into uh, minority groups the same way that like cities are in a lot of ways. It was just poor white people and rich white people. So it was, it was class war. And I was on the poor end. Broke as dog <laughs> actually. Didn't have a penny to my name. Didn't even have a home to live in for a while. You can be poor and white. You can be hateful and white. You can be poor and black. You can be hateful and black. Like none of this stuff is based on skin color. No one ever said that. But he's trying to back his way out of a problem again. He said the Tulsa race massacre wasn't based on race. And now he's getting criticized for it. He has to find some way to save face, I guess. Or your gender or anything like that. You are less of a person or, an, or are inherently racist. That doesn't mean you don't judge the actions of individuals. Oh, you can absolutely. That, historically, you should. Yeah, but uh, the individuals in the Tulsa race massacre just so happened to be white. You know, that's all. Had nothing to do with the fact that they're white and the people they were attacking were black. I mean, we shouldn't even mention it, right? This was right. This was wrong. They did this for this reason. But to say it was inherent in the, because of their skin is where I say that is critical race theory. So, yeah, anyway, it, it goes on to a, a whole report. That's critical race theory to point out that the Tulsa race massacre was based on race. Get help, bro. For real. Anyways, the point is this guy is a nutter butter of epic proportions and he has supernatural eyes. You know, I mean, the TV show Supernatural. He has supernatural eyes. <laughs> anyway, let me know what you think about him in the comments. It's absolutely terrible. So is Doug Mastriano. Like a lot of these people are absolutely awful. But yeah. And oh, oh and tell me, do you think this fabled drag queen exists? Do you think this litter box in some school exists? There have been recent reports of an administrator in an Oklahoma school that's a drag queen. Let me know what you think. Sounds like a scary story. Drag queens everywhere. Yeah, put it in the comments. Tell me if you think there really is one or if he's just full of it. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere, and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.